This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mayfair Witches is over, but we're just getting started here on post-show recaps as we recap the finale, the season finale of Mayfair Witches. My name is Grace. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Philly. Philly, how you doing? I'm so good. I'm just hanging out in a mausoleum with all the bones of my ancestors. Bones and all. That's a different movie that came out uh, uh, last year. Yeah, uh, the finale, What Rough Beast uh, was the finale. I said last week, as we sort of talked the episode... It wasn't bad last week, you know, but like, uh, not great, but at least they set up some stuff for the finale. And they did. I do feel like we got a fair amount of answers from the show. But I also felt like she had a baby, and that's the finale. (laughs) That is the finale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She is the third. We get more clarity on the prophecy that the 13th uh, uh, witch will go through the door and will... uh, have the, the first witch, witch is yeah. the door is, is the door, the door. sorry is nice. the doorway yeah, very ghostbuster uh key master gatekeeper energy yeah yeah um she will have a baby we learn who her father is which was not even a mystery i had on the board rich uh was not was like or no, sorry, yeah who her father was so it was not something i they really got to tell us the bomb had. was under the table grace you know again yeah. too much stuff behind the curtain yep. yeah um we find out why Cyprian can't see in the elevator. Uh, his boss, perhaps a eraser of memories. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, Rowan seems to sort of like accept Lasher 
into her life, going to walk off with the baby. Uh, but nobody controls her also at the same time. But also she's going to hang out with Lasher. Yeah. Lasher controls her, the baby. Uh, yeah, it's all very, listen, more of the same. Anybody like just tuning in, uh, yeah. if you have been listening to Grace and I talking about this show through it, I'm very much like pretty consistent with what we've been feeling, especially these last couple of weeks. I think this is probably the best episode of the show in terms of advancing the plot and even creating like a little bit of character development, but it's a little too little too late, right? I think that um, a lot of this stuff, if it would have happened earlier on, it's created some interest for me in terms of where we go from here. But um, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily like thrilled with the arcs as they played out, the reveals of mysteries that we didn't know we were looking for, the kind of like loose way that we're dealing with some of this stuff. I mean, something you've been saying throughout is that... Um, when you're keeping everything underneath the surface, it's really hard to appreciate any of it. And like all these notes of like the prophecy, the prophecy, the prophecy, like we should open the show and the prophecy. Like, what is the prophecy? Do you know exactly what it is? I have a vague idea of what it is, but like, we should know the words to that. If a prophecy is like that important to the central premise of your story, then tell the audience what the prophecy is, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. kind of the point of a prophecy is that yeah. you tell us the prophecy, but we don't really understand what it means until the end of the, and then when the prophecy comes through, we're like, that's what it means. And this is like, we're not going to tell you what the prophecy is, but you better be surprised when the prophecy comes true or doesn't come true. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do very much appreciate it. We had some folks uh, reach out to us and like, thank you for like validating that. I also am not really enjoying the show and I maybe I'm hate watching at this point. And so that made me feel good. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's people out there who are like, I'm kind of liking it. And it, you know, all the more the power to you. I love that. And I try really hard to be like, this doesn't work for me. Uh, not mm -hmm. like this show is bad. That's not what I'm saying. The show is not working for me personally. Um, but I do appreciate folks who are sort of like validating that, you know, we haven't been wasting our time a sec exactly uh, spending eight weeks podcasting about a show that in our opinion has not worked for us. So I very much appreciate that. Um, all right. So we sort of start a bit where we left up. Rowan has been shot and she's going to like walk through the forest. And there's a little bit of this thing and sort of Lasher had done it to to a Cyprian a little bit. I don't know if this is exactly the same thing that's happening, but essentially, like we see Rowan lying on the ground, but also Rowan is like upright somewhere and is essentially telling Lasher to like go find this dude. I think his name is Keith. Go kill him. And I do I do like this that this man ends up being burned alive. Uh, a la he would like to burn some witches and ends up being burned in a cabin yeah so when it comes to like the row and lasher interactions this one feels the most resonant like authentic to me right it feels like she is um overwhelmed by like emotion by the anger and the pain and like everything that just happened the loss of like her cousin i guess as it was and the fact that she's now in this moment going to succumb to her kind of basest impulse of revenge right it tracks on this woman who's been like tweaking people's brains out all season the fact that she will now we get this shift of of her saying like go get him right she she's baited into like you know kind of buying into this worst impulse of herself i i i'm into it here and again to the point that we've been talking about grace like cool magic stuff right like yes okay like i'm not necessarily here to watch horrific violence at all turns but yeah like let's see some some magic happen where we're gonna burn these like terrible villains alive yeah yeah. Um, so Jojo updates Cortland. It's like, yeah, Tessa's dead and everybody else who is there is dead as well. Um, 
But Rowan was gone before the rest of the family get there and is starting to question uh, her dad's obsession with Rowan, something we have not really clocked before in the show at all. Like, obviously, Cortland being like sort of, in, you know, we, we wanted to know what Cortland's uh, desires are, but I would not, I would not have called it an obsession per se. And this is sort of how Jojo starts to like frame Cortland's interactions with Rose. Like you're so obsessed with her. And it's like, well, also like she's this new kid. She's this new person who is like the designee. Like it does make sense. He might be like a little like you know obsessed with not obsessed, but like think about her and be like, wonder what's happening. Well, with Rose. that's who's like getting the energy all of a sudden. It's the new kid in class. This is yeah. like even beyond the whole um, the the connection with Lasher. Like this is just a long lost family member coming into town. There's like interest, right? It's that yeah. like she's the designee. Jojo's the one being like she's the designee. You know. <laughs> It's yeah. a new story to talk about, but this this is so emblematic to me of the failures that I'm finding with this show. That Harry Hamlet has been in every episode, right? We've been like tracking yeah. Portland since the beginning, but I'm just so don't know what to even think about him. I don't necessarily have like a great perspective on his motivations, his mm-hmm. fears, his desires to like a great degree as we're rolling in episode eight. And this is supposed to be a central relationship in this guy's life with his daughter, right? Yeah. Like the Cortland Jojo dynamic dynamic it just feels emotionally flat and devoid of the kind of authenticity that i'm like looking for here and i don't necessarily think it's the fault of the performances as much as the writing they it just totally agree it's it's jarring right where she's like why are you fixating on this and then we'll get to it later but the way that she like kind of pivot turns um they just feel like characters going through the motions to like service the needs of the story and they don't feel like authentic people that are in this supernatural circumstance and trying to like reconcile themselves with that right yeah i mean these are characters we've seen from pretty early on judges first episode is when um rowan has this sort of hallucination and thinks she's gonna go with the dancing parade and then ends up Mm -hmm. she's been asleep and like as i said like jojo they hired jen richards to play this role and there's part of me that really loves that like her being trans is not a like a character point for judge it's literally never mentioned the show at the, the same time i'm also like so like there's a world where like she's just a cisgender woman like she's been cast as a cis woman which i think is like that's totally fair and if that's what they want to do they want to do but also like boy there's a lot that would be really interesting in terms of talking about how trans women fit into like witchcraft and like this like patriarchy and like Cortland like not getting to be in the matriarchy uh, sorry like of this family right like not being mm-hmm. in the power role of this family and then you have a kid who like transitions and then does get like a power like that to me is all like super fascinating and i i'm like god that would have been a you speak the way that interview updated interview uh to a to 2023 i was like right boy they, this would have been cool yeah Right. The way that we we changed the story of interview to really focus on some contemporary discussion about social issues and we're able to carry the same kind of themes from the original work into a more modern discourse about where we find ourselves in the world and in this 21st century. It's very compelling and I'm totally with you. I mean, if not for me hanging out with you talking about this show every week, Grace, like I would not have clocked. I don't know Jen Richards from prior to this and I would not have like clocked that. Right. So I think that it's really awesome in one way that like I, that's yes. not a story point that we don't yeah. need to hang that there but of course yeah. like that would be a really compelling story to tell I know. I know. <laughs> you well know? I'll, maybe i'll write it uh so cyprian uh is on the so so uh, Cortland calls albrecht 
And Albrecht's like, don't worry, I'm on. I'm waiting for like Lasher to set fire to everything, the prophecy to be whatever. Cyprian has like done this, like he's trying to like fake out Albrecht by being like, you know what, you're right, I'll follow your lead, I'll do whatever you ask. And he removes his glove and goes to shake Albrecht's hand as if he would not know. Like <laughs> it's like, uh, come on, you got to know. Like I guess like, he doesn't know his boss, but you have to know that his boss knows what his what his yeah, his like, boss should know him pretty well right, right? it's right. like one of these dynamics for somebody that you spend every day with all of a sudden shows up like yeah. not wearing glasses for the first time yeah. in forever like yeah. these kind of things are pretty well when they don't when they show up not wearing glasses you know that they're superman uh, oh that's mm -hmm. true yes mm -hmm. actually it's a very yeah. very good point uh, -huh. uh with the phone booth and the whole thing now yeah. again this is this whole dynamic also is like very emblematic of my frustrations with the show because there's this tension here. We got a reveal of a mystery that we didn't know that we were engaged with last episode. Oh my God, Albrecht and the Talonasker are in on it. They are yeah. not the like allies that we thought they were. Cyprian has had the rug entirely pulled out from underneath him. And then we get this very kind of confusing scene where I'm like, wait a minute, what is, why is Cyprian even doing this? I thought Cyprian's whole ability was like psychometry. He's able to read the past through objects Objects. like why would him touching this other guy did he turn the rogue from the x-men grace like right. what's happening here why is that a thing and then cyprian has this revelation you can erase memories oh, okay yeah. this is cool this is the witch i like it too about, although right? again all the cool most of the cool powers belong to men in this yeah uh, <laughs> i guess it's uh -huh. very true but so we get this reveal that like okay cool and ultimately the tension is just completely like sucked entirely out of the scene as cyprian's like so so, hey, man, how about, like, this is really important and you should just let me go. And Albrecht is like, you know what? Okay, I changed my mind. Like, go for it. Like, it just, the entire arc that we went through here, it feels to me like the quintessential, like, TV storytelling of, like, we just need to create an artificial speed bump to make yeah. sure that Cyprian can't get to where he needs to be in time, right? I, it's just, yeah. it's deeply frustrating to me, Grace, because, like, there's a there there. It's this idea you've been talking about that, like, the ideas are really interesting. The mm -hmm. idea of like this boss erasing his memory and him not being like fully nefarious and kind of in the gray space and able to negotiate with, but the execution just played so flat and hollow to me that I'm like, okay, I guess well, now Cyprian's going to go with nameless bodyguard back to the scene. Okay. Well, and then also like, I, again, I feel like the show, I feel like the show is, you know, I get this idea that like they read the book and there's so much cool stuff in there. And then they're continually more excited about what's next than what is yes. happening on screen. Because yes. a lot of this, like this now seems like Albrecht is like set up, like cause he erases um, uh, his sister, uh, 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 Cyprian's sister's memory. Mm -hmm. And the, and the other agent, she's like, Oh man, you're going to do it to me. And he's like, I'm glad you understand. And so like all of this stuff is like, we're clearly setting up future, like season two, they know they've been renewed. Right. And so I feel like the show just feels so like it's always looking forward. Uh, and that's what I keep saying. I'm like, yeah, there is exciting stuff. But like then the stuff that I get, as you're pointing out, falls really flat and feels not fun or interesting or, you know, to me. And so, yeah, it's like this idea that like and then and it does feel like they're like moving pieces on a chessboard to get them there without really like explaining is like that's not actually how the rules work like you can't just move it's, your night you know like straight across the board they move in an l 
It's uh, that uh, well-worn statement, Grace, that like, hey, the journey uh, is, yeah. is is more yeah. meaningful than the destination, right? And they're so fixated on the destination that we're rushing through the journey. You yeah. and I play a lot of role-playing games together. We play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and I run yeah. these games as a professional to some degree or another. And and it's a problem that I really relate to. You know, I don't mean to be too critical and judgmental, and that it's hard to execute yeah. well on stories. I think like part of what we're talking about here is that we're really fortunate to spend a lot of our time talking about really good TV and and it's hard to achieve yeah. that right yeah. but these ideas yeah. that I take from my my like uh tabletop role playing games grace of like start close to the action you know right. if we would have gotten to a lot of these reveals in episode three and the right. rest of season one is like playing out on this i think i would have been much more engaged week to week you know i think that like sustaining tension in scenes like that uh like tension is uncomfortable that's part of why it's so compelling in narrative that mm -hmm. we as an audience are watching and we want the problem to reconcile we want this person to make the right choice we want the couple to get together we don't like this feeling of discomfort about the conflict that's in front of us and i think that a lot of writers like run away from that and i certainly do sometimes and i think that's part of like what we've gotten to that these tensions like rise and they can't like sustain themselves for any period of time to create like real immersion in the story and, and this yeah. kind of empathy for us as viewers you know yeah so the way that Cyprian gets away is he's going to realize that like Albrecht covered up like Cortland's like kill like hired someone to kill uh, Deidre right and so he's erased the elevator memory and he's done that because uh Cortland hired someone to kill Deidre to make sure that the prophecy comes true uh which is that you know, uh, Rowan the 13th witch is bound to Lasher. And so the way Cyprian then uses like the prophecy to get out is like, well, I'm part of the prophecy. She's mm -hmm. having my baby and you need to let me go. And he says, okay, you can go. Uh, so he lets him go. Um, my trouble, Grace, yeah. is it's like they're cheating the show, don't tell, right? Like giving Cyprian yeah. this cool power yeah. puts us in a place where they can show us these scenes. But yeah. it's a thing that we've talked about before where when, you, when you're foreshadowing events, you like ideally Mayfair Witches gives us this reveal in episode eight. Cortland was behind the murder in the elevator the whole time. And we should be able to go back, watch over from episode one and like have clues to that have some pieces that are like alluding to that but where I think the f is albrecht been the whole time like it should be like <laughs> know, right? put this guy he's such a good actor put him in your whole he's time a character give him make it make him being suspicious it's like somebody who doesn't remember something no it's like he shows up in episode like he's in an early episode and then he's like in six seven eight and you're like okay all right Sure. But yeah, the, you're right. Like I've been saying this about the last of us that every episode that happens, I'm like so excited to go back and rewatch a previous yes. episode because it's like additive to what's happening in the way that they've like foreshadowed and built and played on themes. And like, this one will be no fun to go back and rewatch because like it's all just sort of like it just like happens, you know? Yep. So, it feels yeah. like it just has no like reverence for what it's done. It's not yeah. looking back at all. We're just barreling forward to your point. Like we're in such a kind of rush to get to the good stuff like or what's next or where they're going or whatever it is that they've just not built on what they're doing here. It feels like uh, it just feels like a workaround. Like, oh, look, we could show you this thing through Cyprian. But like you're just telling us this is just exposition that's yeah. all retroactive it's all after the fact there's nothing yeah. that indicated this was happening before it did yeah. you know 
All right, so Rowan is passing out from blood loss, and Lasher comes to her, and um, Rowan tells, um, or Lasher sort of says that, like, you're still alive, uh, and you can make it out. You need to look deeper and find the place that holds knowledge of your ancestors. And so she looks back, and she ends up at Suzanne's house. She's, like, in this memory. Um, and uh, uh, she hears a voice speaking a different language, and Lasher tells her that is that's his language. And... Um, and uh, they find the markings that like Suzanne has left uh, uh, a combination of all her knowledge. Rowan touches the markings and is able to heal herself. I mean, cool witch stuff, Rich, I guess. It is. It's cool witch stuff. Cyprian is turning into Rogue and Rowan's turning into Wolverine. They're like the X-Men. It's like yeah. the secret X-Men series. I dug this. Like, I really dug the transition as she's going back. This notion of like, um, you know, like a, a kind of ancestral memory and this connection back through the bloodlines and the way that like, even just the whole like montage that brings her back to the cottage is happening in the same kind of visual style as when she's like going through people's biology and attacking yeah. their nervous system there was a lot of like image image like symbolism there it was very similar uh i dug it i thought this was cool uh this whole notion you know again to like speak to the DD of it all there's like a very big warlock element here of like mm. these witches that have these kind of power that's their own but ultimately they're like making bargains with this outer entity you know right the idea that like lasher is playing something through to conclusion the 13th witch here the door um that was cool i i get like the disconnect is as she gets back there and like immediately all of it like comes together within a second she's like reading all the writing and yeah. nobody could do this but you like parts of it i really liked um visually but again it just feels a little bit rushed i think earlier this earlier would have like served the rest of the story a lot more yeah there i keep every time i go to watch mayfair now uh on my on my amazon prime it's through my amc plus subscription uh it like it says like young adult and so when she's sleeping with uh lasher i'm like oh yeah here we are the young yeah, adult yes, content of yes, the episode yes. Yes, yeah. very pretty people yeah. uh, being naked on TV. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
Okay, so Odette is uh, wondering where Cyprian is, and so she finds a Talamasca card and calls the number. And she asks for Cyprian, and we get the woman, the blind woman from earlier yeah. uh, in the season. He's like, nope, there's no one with that name here. I can't help you. Uh, so she hangs up, and uh, the old woman uh, calls somebody else and is like, yeah, there's been a breach. <laughs> I did kind of love, like, her be like, nope, never heard of him. And then be like, there's a breach, uh, you know, code, code red. Yeah. I really uh, just love the maybe unintentional humor of like this wicked secret organization that have like business cards yeah, and like yeah. the blind receptionist who's yeah, actually I a prophet and I just her it. being like, no, I'm sorry. You don't know anything. And the woman's like, please, I know this is a big secret organization, but he's missing important things. And she's like, yeah, sorry. I don't know what no. you're talking about. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Odette's going to try to hack into Cyprian's laptop, but it's at the that exact moment that uh, Argina and uh, Albrecht are going to be there. Um, they're like, uh, you know, worried about. So to get this, it's the Argina's like, oh, you've had a baby. And so our, uh, Odette has had the baby. She had the baby. She had the baby. Her brother wasn't there. And now she's just hanging out in the apartment. Where's the baby? Where's the baby? I don't know. How long was she in the hospital? I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't really know. But yeah, really, you couldn't have added. To, I mean, like, I'm sure we wouldn't be making fun of this too. If like she's like, we oh my god, she's like, she's like having the baby right now, and she's trying to call like Cyprian, like whatever. But like, it's just is like the whole thing was like she was pregnant, and then she shows up was like, well, she had the baby. Is she sure that she's such an unimportant character that like her it's pregnancy just the is so? all yeah. the stuff we're talking about yeah. right they're yeah. so concerned with like the destination of like you just had a baby which means that you could nurse the new baby and that's all that we need to do we need to get you to the point that you're unconscious memory wiped and we're gonna go take you to be like the like you know yeah. milk mother to this child yeah. and it's just like oh my god you guys you really like bludgeoned this storyline way that it's like very inelegant and and i think maybe even like a little immoral like, i don't know i don't know like, how long ago did you have the baby I'm like she had the baby like, yeah where is the baby i mean i guess presumably she's no in a relationship done here to like convey any of it like uh, any of like her situation the depth the baby they don't I, have a budget for a little baby it could have a little baby that she's holding on to and she's looking for the card with the uh like the telemasca card listen they budgeted for one quite horrifying baby i will say that much that baby's big, gonna give me nightmares Grace. A big a big baby uh <laughs> this is where albrecht is like don't worry he's fine emergency situation i gotta wipe your memory uh and then uh uh yeah arjuna yeah uh he's gonna he's gonna wipe her as well um so cyprian goes to see Cortland, but he actually finds jojo and he as he's searching he finds this mask and he touches the mask and we see that actually the night the deirdre got pregnant it was actually Cortland who was the father. He kills the man that we saw earlier on and then sleeps with Deirdre. And so he is Rowan's father. And Jojo is adamant that Cyprian has seen something and Cyprian reveals this to Jojo. And then Jojo realizes her dad clearly has something to do with Deirdre's death as well. I hate this so much. I I'm hate so it. glad I hate that it. you feel this way, Grace. I hate yeah. it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I want, like, you know... Because, like, part of me was thinking early on when we get the Carlotta versus Cortland thing, and in my head they were, like, opposing each other, but I kind of thought it was going to be, like, oh, Lasher is pitting them against each other, which potentially they're still that. But it's just, like, there is absolutely no way for Cortland to be redeemable now. He literally rapes his niece. So it's, like, 
that just is awful and terrible. And that, so, cause like, you know, when I said this early on, like, you know, I want, I wanted this to be a show about women and you know, that like, there's like a lot of metaphor you can do with like women who are accused, right? Like we, we and I feel like they're like clumsy with it with like, you know, the guy with the with Deirdre's heart in his fridge. And I feel like that could have been like, it's an interesting thing you could tackle of like how these, you know, women being like, ostracized in society but then like oh but what if they actually are witches and can take that take back some power and so yes you can play into like okay who are the patriarchal people who like might be frustrated by this and i'm like yeah but the whole thing is like lashers here so i don't think we really need Cortland to be that because lasher is the representative of like you're controlled by although he's not maybe not a man per se like he is he, he is he is so, yeah. so i'm like being portrayed yeah. as a very masculine role right yeah the least. So, yes so i'm like so lasher is the epitome of like patriarchy and how women are controlled and then like no we have this whole thing with Cortland Look, that i, mean, I think it sucks and it's gross yeah additional cult of incels that we identified here grace yeah. you know like there's a lot of that energy for me i guess there's like a couple of components that like really pissed me off about it yeah. one is that i think that we already have indicted Cortland. Cortland allowed this whole thing to happen. Cortland right. like right. gave his niece this dress. He like sends her out intoxicated yeah. into like this gala yeah. ball yeah. and allows her to be taken by this absolutely arbitrary individual for the sole function to impregnate her for the for his pact with this demon, right? Like that much we can all kind of like accept already. That's already horrific and and really like indictable. And yeah. I think that to your point and like using uh this kind of story as a vehicle to talk about contemporary issues uh it, on like the midst and the heels of the me too movement as we're talking like more and more about the like systemic kind of sexism that is built into so much of our like western culture like Cortland's already the bad guy and i just hate the idea that we have to reduce it even further to its most like base violent premise that only once we say like oh no he didn't do that he didn't even worse thing he was the actual like criminal he was the rapist in the room like the idea that he allowed that that he covered it up that he has facilitated this whole kind of event that's horrific. And like, you don't need to make it worse than that to villainize him more. You know, it just feels like such reductive storytelling and it doesn't track with any authenticity with like what we've seen so far. I feel like there was no work done to earn this moment. Not that it should be like something satisfying in its delivery, but like it just is an 11th hour rug pull to like, sensationalize things even further and it feels really reductive and lame yeah and i think uh you know there we talked about this on interview the vampire and there was this thing of like uh i think one of us said something that like you know a listener gave us some feedback on about like how does this service the story and it's like well sometimes these things just happen to people and i agree that like but the the problem is, is that the person this happened to is is Deirdre, who's completely used as like shock value, like she's dead in the elevator, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. and then and then the reason they add this, like by the time they add it, is to make Cortland a villain. And so like, if we're just in here to make like people a villain, I I don't think it's necessary. I think that like, yes, people uh, are sexually assaulted, women are sexually assaulted, and there's ways in which like that's a part of your life and like you know impacts your life and and someone is a story. And this is where I like 
talk about like where are we putting the spotlight so if you're choosing because like i you know we talked about this a lot when house of the dragon came out about um like my problem with there's a there's like a miscarriage scene in episode one and my thing is like it's in here to like almost make us like it's the story for the man in that story mm -hmm. not for yep. the woman and so like i'm okay with talking obviously with stories that are like about these things that happen to people that are horrific and terrible, but like, how are we framing them? How are they being used? And here it feels like completely to add into Cortland's like list that he's a bad guy. And like, yep. to your point, we already did that. So, yep. I mean, uh, yeah, you're talking about house of the dragon, no spoilers here, but right to, to the game of Thrones of it all. Like, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. there was a lot of criticism thrown at game of Thrones for the way that it would use sexual violence against women as this, like, you know, j just a kind of like flag to like wave in the air to signify like, look, look, evil, evil, evil. Yeah. Right. And, and it's just reductive. It's reductive storytelling. It's not adding anything to like the depth that we're getting here. It's including, Inclusion in and of itself isn't a problem, but the way that they're using it here to just really ratchet up and like clarify, like, oh, look, he's such a bad guy. Like, was that not really clear? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then my other huge or problem. There's something this. else you could do to, to, to make him a bad guy, you know? Right. There's a million things we could do to make him a bad guy. But my other huge problem with this scene, Grace, is it just feels so, uh, Cortland notably, like not in the scene, right? This is a scene between Cyprian and Jojo. And it yeah. feels so wildly inauthentic from both of them. And like insane that this guy wanders into this house. He meets this woman and he's like immediately, she's like, tell me what's going on. I care about Rowan too, absolute stranger. And he's like, well, your father yeah. is a rapist. At yeah. which point she immediately is like, you're right. I'm on your team. Let's go. <laughs> like, why would he think that she would go with this? Why uh, would you think that like this man's daughter is going to be an ally to your cause in this moment? Why would you believe the stranger who has stumbled into your house in this kind of like hazed out, like Louisiana afternoon sweat, like clearly frantic and stressed, like None of it, it just feels so like forced, right? Yeah. Um, and and when you like really mix it all up with like a, a glaring sexual assault out of nowhere in the eleventh hour, I'm I'm like, oh my god, what are we doing, guys? You know? Yeah. Uh, I did like that he touches a bunch of stuff, and we that we was do super see, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we do see like you know you talk about shit, but then like all of that stuff is like kind of meaningless uh, ultimately. Of like all the stuff that like there's he touches some scissors, and it's like yeah, we see Suzanne like cutting some herbs or whatever and i'm like it's cool uh just like you know too late you know i'm yeah. with you like i go back to like our early days what are we excited about about this show and i love the idea of this talamasca detective that like yeah. that's how he's kind of snooping around it's a very like fun moment they have a lot of the right ingredients to like do something cool here but they did not yeah. do that you know yeah, yeah. So she's going to say we need to get the, the designee, this, this like the skull, uh, you know, the bones of the designees. Mm -hmm. And so he'll touch that and he'll see a random Mayfair witch who is like pleading to Lasher and Lasher delivers the prophecy to her. The 13th witch is the doorway. And so um, Jojo is going to be like, oh, then we should probably go to the mausoleum where all the designees are buried. Um, I guess this is what he says. The witching hour over the bones of our foremothers, Lasher will embody a new form, a form with power that has never been seen before. The 13th witch is the doorway. So let's go to the mausoleum. Um, and um, Dolly Jean comes in, this like older uh, a woman. 
And doesn't like uh, Cyprian just go and then they stay behind? Like you again, Grace. Again, yeah. they're yeah. like in this frantic rush. And Jojo is yeah. like, actually, the next scene that we see them together, they're sitting drinking tea. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, what are we doing, you guys? Jojo's like, all right, let's hang out and talk through it. My dad is so bad. We need new leadership, you know. But yeah, Cyprian yeah. does just leave them, you know. Yeah. So back to Rowan. She wakes up. Uh, I tell they're in a very old house. Did they have sheets back then, Rich? I know this is a very minor nitpick, and I don't really care. But like, it's like a full-on fitted sheet on the bed. And then she steps down, and it's in dirt. There's a dirt floor. Give me a lot of dirt on those white sheets. And I know it's a memory, so it's fine. But I, these are things that were going through my head. I'm getting really uh, nitpicky, Rich. I was going badly through my head when Cortland was like fixing his tie. And I was like, buddy, your hands are still not clean. There's <laughs> dirt getting everywhere. <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah, uh, the fitted sheet, a well-known invention, invention of the, the memories. It's not real, yeah. whatever. So her, ba- her belly will start to grow, right? And she hears Lasher being like, follow your ancestor's path. Uh, at the end, there'll be a witching hour. Uh, so she's like transported through these different rooms as like, you know, she'll be somewhere and then it will like the walls turn black. Um, in real time, Cortland is dragging Rowan's body out of the forest to the mausoleum. Um, so all of this stuff is happening in her mind. Uh, he lays her down in the crypt inside the mausoleum. So Rowan is still traveling the path of her ancestors. And in the last room she meets, she sees Deirdre again. And Deirdre tells her that Lasher has run out the clock. It is the witching hour. Lasher is the baby she is carrying, and Rowan understands it as the 13th, which is the doorway for Lasher to take a human form. Uh, this wild, Rich. This wild. It's Lasher is wild. the baby. Yeah. It's very wild. Things that I did like were like, I'm joking, but like the scene with Cortland in the car, like cleaning himself up, that to me is like good stuff. That's the yeah. stuff that like isn't advancing the plot, but is giving us uh, character development. Like you're communicating so much to us about who this guy is and like right. what makes him tick that like I really appreciated that scene. I love the imagery of like the weirdness with the clocks, all the people with their fingers on yeah. the clocks and on yeah. the watches. Like that's sufficiently creepy. That is cool. I even like the moment of like, like Rowan realizing, wait a minute, I have Wolverine healing powers. I'm mm-hmm. going to push this bullet out of myself. I can make fire and like getting kind of intoxicated by the power, right? These are the beats that I'm like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. This is cool, right? But um, yeah, all of this is just like, it's it's a little much. She ends up in the mausoleum and Cortland is like, creep around. All right, it's time to get you dressed, you know? And it's like, wait, what? Like, what? I don't, I don't know grace yeah. yeah it's a lot it's crazy so she wakes up the spirit of suzanne is there and is like you know this is what was meant to be gonna help her deliver the baby the world's like i'm not going into labor immediately goes into labor uh she delivers this baby boy suzanne tells her that if she accepts the baby he will give her great power um meanwhile uh cyprian calls albrecht uh and asks um uh that he allows Cyprian to bring the baby to Talamasca. Um, and that, the, that he's like, be careful. The baby is a very powerful being. Um, it would be wise if they can watch the baby up close. So Cyprian plans to use Rowan's trust to steal the baby from her. So Albrecht uh, decides to uh, transport Odette to Talamasca uh, so that Odette can breastfeed Rowan's babies. <laughs> This really is the season finale, folks. I know. Uh, (laughs) It's just like, oh, my God. At the point that Albrecht says that, it's another one where I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Like, even just the line that, like, the way he asked, are are you lactating? Is she lactating? I think he asked. And it's so... 
objectifying right and and just kind of like turning this woman into livestock and trivializing her it really like feels again like this very reductive means to be like look this man is bad you know like yeah. oh i yeah. just i did not like yeah so the baby's growing really fast uh she's gonna run Cortland is also there to take the baby and she's like, nah, I'll turn you into stone. <laughs> I do like this. Uh, she kills Cortland. Is he dead? Is he think he's fully dead? No. Yeah. I think that this is a fun play. This is like quintessential D&D stuff, Grace, of like immortality. Yeah. I will live forever as stone. stone. And she transforms him into a statue. And it's a very yeah. fun, like, inversion of expectations, right? Yeah. Uh, like, I think that really Oh, it's very works. much a monkey's paw. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think that really works well. Uh, the baby was like horrifying. Uh, bubbly baby, like shape changing baby growing very rapidly. Like yeah. that's nightmare fuel stuff. I know like a lot of people are fixated on like scary young children of Megan recently, but that baby yeah. uh, horrified me, Grace. And then yeah. she runs and like the baby crawling after her down the tunnels, yeah. potentially even more terrifying to me than yeah. the shape shifting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really, yep. Very uncomfortable. Have uh, you watched uh, Barbarian? yet rich no i have not check it's out on Bar my list you check up barbarian you check it out let me know what you think oh um God. all right so she walks out it's raining heavily cyprian is there waiting for her like with an umbrella is, yeah he's like this is our son let's go back to the house we'll be happy together i can carry the baby she's like no uh you know she she calls lightning it's pretty cool she does um, call lightning yep, yep, yep. and he's like lashers manipulating you and she's like no i'm the one doing this i'm in control uh she won't be able to control the baby's power and responds that she is the uh um you are the one you can't control her and she walks away carrying the child and that's where we end mayfair witches season one rich yeah so many things grace so many things the whole like inclusion of like the silent bodyguard in the car with cyprian the whole time really annoyed the hell out of me yeah. uh, i just gotta be honest i'm like yeah. what is this why is this guy here he's got no name he's got no yeah. function except to like be there to alert rowan in the 11th hour of like wait you're not here alone liar uh so she could storm off the whole like we're gonna take your sister to be the like nursemaid deeply uncomfortable like they could have taken her for a multitude of reasons i don't know they, they left me in a spot where i actually am like curious to see how some of this plays out um it might just be like the car wreck factor of like can't look away but i am curious to see what occurs in the immediate aftermath of this episode i feel like they hit the beats of like cool magic stuff like rowan actually having some powers a little bit of like clarity yeah. of like lasher's motivations a little bit of clarity of some of these other people that i wish we would have gotten to in i don't know episode three you know um but yeah i think they missed uh more than they hit for me in mayfair I witch's finale I, I the only thing about the magic that I'm a little worried about is that it it's so unexplained that I do I, I'm gonna get frustrated of like so you can just do literally anything or like when they try to add in rules later about like you know I'm like I'm just gonna get annoyed like because yeah we see like she turns someone to stone calls lightning can hold fire in her hand uh can so so the touch yeah. is like she's like wait i can heal myself can i heal others and he's like if you want so we're gonna presume she's got weird healing magic right cool uh and then he's like and you have power over all the elements that i do and again like the D, &D nerd in me is like oh earth uh fire you know yeah. lightning between like the rain and the air maybe we could call it both of those like yeah. you know but i 
I'm with you, Grace. It's all very yeah. vague, right? Jojo being like, I've been giving you uh, information for years because, like, yeah. she's a seer, presumably. Yeah. Like, it's all yeah. very vague. It's very vague. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, well, that's Mayfair Witches, I think. Uh, it's going to come back at some point. No no timetable yet on when it will return, but it will return. And uh, <laughs> did you watch What We Do in the Shadows? Anybody watch What We Do in the Shadows? It gives me giving me big uh, baby Colin energy. Uh, is uh, what well, I think Baby Lasher is going okay. to do. So yes. yeah, it should be very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think like we were, you know, I don't want to say we we're harsh on the show. I think we were very fair with the show. I think we gave it a long leash before we were like, okay, yeah, I think I'm hate watching it. You know, I think you know, uh, and I I hope uh, I know in the feedback we got about like someone appreciating us being kind of critical. It was also like I do like you know appreciate that you like shout it out when it does something that is cool so i think there was some cool stuff in here i i don't know you know uh perhaps uh, uh the heart absence makes the heart grow fonder be very interesting when like you know the season two announcement uh comes out about uh our excitement level for season two yeah. i think another interesting conversation that came up in our um in our like talking through it with some of the listeners and through some of the feedback we got in the discord was the idea of binging this show because i'm yeah. sure if we sat down with mayfair witches in an afternoon and like smashed through it we would have a little bit less of like you know a finer kind of eye of uh -huh. criticism for uh -huh. how frustrating it's getting but over the course of like two months waiting every week for like okay maybe this sex episode i went from like legitimately excited to like oh okay you know optimistic to like a little bit annoyed to like yeah i think i'm hate watching by the end and to well, anybody yeah. that's been hanging out uh, yeah. i appreciate you i hope that grace and i have been fun i've certainly had fun talking about Same. it with you grace Same. like yeah. every every week when i watch my episode of mayfair i do laugh and smile to myself a good deal of like man we're gonna have fun <laughs> talking through this so yeah uh this is what i it'd be very interesting like if it has just like a killer season two say they like you know switch up some showrunners bring in some new writers or whatever and it just like knocks out of the park it'd be so funny because i always use this example of like uh t telling someone like uh oh you should check out the show it just like it, you know it takes two seasons to get going but then it's good and with this one you're like okay there's really bad first eight episodes maybe season two is amazing like uh you know it'd be one of those funny examples of like i think in the the era of like there's so much TV. There's so much good TV uh, mm -hmm. out there that you could be spending your time on. Um, that, like, yeah, this is maybe not one I'm gonna be like super recommending to people, but it was fun to chat about it along along the way. And I do think like watching something that is not, is you, you don't love really like to me and and being able to then articulate like oh this is why i feel like this thing didn't work is so interesting to me in terms of like you know then going to watch as i do love and being able to like sometimes it's like un, un like you know it's hard to like say why it's good because it's just you're like this is so good it's been really fun to like articulate why these things don't work and i hope it just wasn't like us being like yeah, that sucked. You know, it was like, I mean, yeah. yeah, a huge part of my affection for post show recaps when I found it as a listener to my time getting to contribute to, to the conversations that we're having here is um, considering like, why does this not work for me? What is it about this? What what feelings is it eliciting for me that make me love it so much? And, and why? How is it doing that? What are the like processes, the steps that it's kind of going through to draw this big reaction out of me? So, yeah. uh, in, in a year where I've gotten to cover a lot of 
TV that I really, really enjoyed a lot of it with you, Grace. It's been really interesting to sit down and be like, this is not working at all. Why? Why is it not working? What do I feel like is failing here? Where, where am I um, comparing it to other properties that, that are doing the same kind of things and better. So it's been a fun exercise and I've really enjoyed talking through it with you, if not watching every episode so much, you know? Yes, fair enough. Uh, wait, you didn't watch any of the episodes? I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, Rich, uh, uh, what do you got going on? Where can people find you? I faked it pretty good the last couple of months. I know. You I know. can find me on Twitter. I'm at DM Philly. My DMs are open if you want to hit me up and tell me why you loved Mayfair Witches and I am wrong. Uh, yeah. Please feel free to. I'm streaming Dungeons and Dragons with Grace, a bunch of other people over at twitch.tv slash DM Philly. Uh, we're around. We could be around, but always hustling over there. Uh, PSRPGs has wrapped up our first adventure into the world of willow we got a little recap looking back on that adventure that i went on with you and marissa and taylor uh coming up soon mandalorian coverage coming soon to a podcast near you i'm getting together with mike bloom to recap the episodes once they drop this upcoming week uh latanya and brendan and myself will be hanging about doing a mando feedback show a little bit later in the week so we want to hear from you but all of that and more i'm keeping busy uh go give me a follow cool uh i am covering the last of us the recap with mike bloom video game club with taryn armstrong uh, episode uh seven which dropped uh, last night was very very good uh and excited to chat uh you can catch my coverage with mike and excited to chat with taryn about it also covering poker face and yeah uh a succession rewatch pod a daily succession rewatch pod in the works and then movies with Ariel as well. Covered cocaine bear this week. So check those out. I'm on Twitter at high from grace. We will not be back next week. We'll be back whenever interview or Mayfair or potentially another Anne Rice uh, property shows up on AMC plus. Um, so until next time, double, double boil and trouble. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.